Right, we're in, what's cracking lovely people? Welcome to the Big Feed Up HQ podcast. I'm your host as always, Matt Gardner, and I'm a nutritional therapist by trade specialising in sports nutrition. Thanks for downloading, thanks for listening in. The podcast generally focuses on nutrition, movement, outdoor experiences, and at this point I have over 130 episodes up and available to you. After you've listened to this one, look back at some of the others and see what titles resonate with you. I hope you find something useful. The show, as always, is supported by 33 Fuel, who produce natural and powerful sports nutrition products. Use Matt10 at checkout to get 10% off your first order. I've just made my autumn purchases of their Ultimate Greens Powder, Energy Bars, Energy Drink for my cycling, my running all of my outdoor activities. So take a look and I hope you find something useful. If you like the show, please share it with someone. Ultimately, it's the only way the show's going to grow. It'd be very kind of you. Maybe you listen to this and you think it helped you. If it helps someone else, some of the insights and conversations that we have, then just pass it on. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify or SoundCloud to get the latest episode coming to your feed each week. And if you can, leave me a comment or a review on any of those uh, platforms. That would be fantastic. Okay, today it is my pleasure to welcome George Luckett to the show. Now, a lot of the episodes lately have focused on nutrition. Nutrition is certainly part of George's toolbox, but he is also a personal trainer by trade. We're going to dig in to some conversations all around training, movement, performance. George is based in East Anglia, where I grew up. And as always, everything you need to keep in touch with George, they're in my show notes, lovely people. So check those out after you've listened. Let's get into it. George, welcome to the show. Good to be on. No, you're really welcome, mate. And uh, before we started recording, I was saying it's brilliant to have someone back on focusing on movement, exercise, performance. So it would be brilliant to have a bit of background from you to start with. How have you been getting on over the last six months or so, obviously, during the pandemic? And then what do you do uh, around all that kind of movement, exercise, coaching um, industry, mate? Yeah, perfect. Um, so a little bit about me. Um, I'm still quite young, I'm about 26 years old. So uh, last six months have been interesting for me, definitely. Uh, I think as they have been for a lot of people. Um, I was actually changing job roles uh, when the pandemic hit. So I had a, I was changing job roles on the Friday from the, I was working, I've been personal training for about two years, but I was working at a commercial gym in Norwich. And then I, uh, was meant to start a new job on the Monday, but we went into lockdown on, I think, the Thursday. So I was unfortunately out of work for a very long time. Uh, but, you know, life is back on back on track. Um, on the personal training side of things, I still have my online coaching side. But um, personal training-wise, you know, I'm back on my feet and uh, back into working in Barry St. Edmunds at a small group personal training studio um, called James McLaren Fitness. Um, but, yeah, sports basically been probably what I've revolved my working and social life around Mm. most of my life. Um, I've always played most sports from a young age, Uh, played football, played rugby, attempted to play tennis, can't say I was very good at it, but um, attempted there. Um, 
but yeah, rugby was definitely my sort of go-to sport from an early age, and I was lucky enough to, you know, play with a really good group all the way through, uh, you know, youth rugby into adult rugby as well. But um, and that's where I sort of I got a scholarship to Wyndham College, which is a local school for sixth form. Um, to as I say, as it was a general sports scholarship, but it was mainly to play rugby and. From there, with my A-levels, I decided, you know, I'm going to crack on to university. And it was it was always the case that I knew what I wanted to do in sport, but I didn't have the niche yet. So it was a case of, I thought, I'll do a sport and exercise science degree and try and find my niche when I go to university. And that was lucky then that when I did go there, I did find something like performance analysis, which I was really interested in. I was always interested in strength and conditioning, but... Um, the performance analysis side of things really caught my eye when I got to university and then luckily managed to develop that on and get a internship at the end. But um, yeah, it was uh, that was an interesting time. Finished, I uh, worked at a championship rugby club and managed to, uh, uh, which I'll explain a little bit more about that in a bit, but uh, that um, went down the drain for business re- reasons. Um, and now I'm a p- personal trainer. Great. Quite a Mate, there's a lot to unpack there and I know we're going to come back to the rugby side of things because I know you're working with quite a prominent rugby player at the moment and obviously it's, it's one of my passions so I can't wait to get into that and especially the, the, the recovery, the training side um, and the rugby club you used to work for because obviously before we started recording we were both in a similar boat out of university, sports science degree, took on you know, quite junior role. I was in nutrition. You're you're in your sports analysis and stuff. And I think, you know, we share a lot of a lot of common experiences. So, um, yeah, we'll definitely get into that. I think if if we go back to obviously where you are now at the moment, and obviously people can, after this, I'll put a link to your what you do and where you do it. Um, especially now, obviously we touch base on Instagram like I do with most guests, and I'm seeing that facility that you're training in. How are you finding things there at the moment? Obviously, you're training yourself, you're filming your content, you're seeing some clients there. Um, it, it looks like a, it looks like quite an intense environment, but it'd be good to get a feel of, you know, from the coalface side of things, you see big kettlebells, racks. Do you, do you find when people come into that kind of environment, they're, they're a bit more confident these days, people you work with, or are people that are coming in, they are, they're down the line and they're all ready to start engaging in that kind of that kind of physical pursuit how does it work out yeah i definitely think um it's the whole idea of health and fitness is being pushed so hard these days people know that they should be training and they should be getting in that sort of resistance training side of things they should be pushing their body in a different way than they they're used to so i would say that a lot of people that come through the door uh definitely I would say there's about probably a 75% of them have never trained before and uh, resistance trains. They've taken up running, they've tried running, um, you know, various different diets, uh, which obviously we can get into, but um, it's definitely a case they come in and they say, I know that I should be doing this stuff, but I do, I have no idea where to begin. And obviously that's really good for us because we know that they're already committed. They know they should be doing it. Um, and we can then just guide them through the process. Uh, it's definitely, um, from my point of view, it's definitely I like to give them as much of an education when I work with them as possible because my aim is to work with as, work with people but get them so they're confident that they can train by themselves. And 
the place that I'm working at the moment, people definitely come in and they 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 see the big weights, they see the racks, as you said, and they think, oh, you can see the look on their face almost as they walk in the door of, oh my God, this is actually happening. Like, what on earth am I doing? But with it, like, with after that thirty that first session, sorry, they're just relaxed and they immediately think this is me i know i can do it and for me it's definitely that first hurdle of getting people in the gym and actually showing them that they are capable they can do this uh is a massive step for them as soon as they've done that they realize they can achieve like their goals a lot a lot simpler a lot more simply than they thought they could originally yeah agreed i was having a conversation with a a friend and a colleague earlier and she's exactly in that boat running always enjoyed it um, and it's, it helps with her mindset around work too and in running in London. And she's found a bit of resistance training, especially because the gyms are a bit quieter. And she's just saying exactly that, the enjoyment. You know, once you're in and if there's personal trainers that are there like yourself, obviously it's slightly different that where she's training is in a kind of commercial gym environment, obviously, or more in like a bespoke training environment. So people know they're going to come in and see you. But I think it, obviously it goes without saying it's beneficial, but just down from someone gripping a bar or handling a kettlebell or handling a dumbbell, you just talking to them about where their feet are going um, or just engaging in a bit of a warm up where they're starting to consider, you know, how can I actually control my body? It's, um, I think it's brilliant. And now because obviously it's fast and hard online, people are delivering all this uh, online content. And I know that's part of what you do too. It's yeah. good that you still, that you still, obviously, of course you are, offering things in person and people people are now keen to get to these facilities and get wintered because you know the weather's changing isn't it so there's still pros in there and I think once like you said people get across the line hand a little a little bit of chalk something just like ignites in their in their mind doesn't it and they're really they're really up up for it and it does you can see you can see them just grow with confidence across the time period and that for me is that is just such a nice thing to witness is seeing uh, how people grow with confidence. And because when you first go in the gym, you're not, you, you firstly, you know, you don't, you don't have a clue. I mean, the first time I went in a gym, I remember thinking, Oh my God, what, what, what is all this stuff? What is all this equipment? Um, so every, everyone's been there. And I think that people almost forget that, that everyone's been in that position where they've walked in somewhere. I mean, there's some gyms, uh, there's a gym in Norwich that, uh, I, I, I went to a couple of years ago and I've been training for a good four or five years, uh, even longer than that, five to eight years uh, before I went in there. And I still went in there and thought, I've never seen that machine in my life. Mm. Um, what on earth is that? And as a personal trainer, that's, you know, I felt, oh my God, I definitely should, <laughs> you know, I should definitely know that. But then everyone gets that sort of feeling of uncomfortableness when they go into a new gym. So it's just getting people, as you say, through the door, making sure they're comfortable as possible and just guiding them through the process. Uh, because at the end of the day, like our job is to get people as comfortable, as happy in a routine as possible so that they will carry on their sort of health and fitness journey. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. So if we step, you know, from if if people are listening to this and, and they are that client and they're using the gym and things like that, if we step out of their shoes and then step into your shoes as a coach, how have you found it? It's quite it's quite a loaded question, but how have you found it um, as you've grown as a coach? in terms of the way you deliver sessions you know for example when you first started did you think okay look you know this client's paying me there's going to be minimal rest 
I'm going to keep them moving or from the off did you say right you know every rest period I want to speak about technique I want to keep things quite closed off you know keep them in tune how have you found that obviously it's client specific from what they want but how have you found you've grown as a coach over the last five to five to six years I think it's uh, that's an interesting question because as you say it definitely is client specific because some people just they literally they, they've got this idea in their head that they've employed you to just beast them for however long they want to be with you. Um, so with those type of people, you know, you've got to really start to talk to them about the importance of resting in between things. And that's almost jumping, you know, they finish the set of something, so they go, all right, when am I going next? When, when am I, what next exercise am I doing next? And you're sort of trying to calm them down, think, look, from a training point of view, it's really good that you're enthusiastic, but I think it's important from my point of view that we work on some really, really effective movement um, because we're the, the main aim is to obviously strength. You come, they could have come here for a strengthening type of, uh, type of program, and uh, you know we're we've got to work with them to try and progress their strength and to educate them that potentially just going for hell for leather for an hour potentially isn't the best. Uh, isn't the best idea for them. So as it is definitely client specific, but from when I first started, I I would say that I've always been the same in that I've loved working on the strength side of things with people, um, working on getting people moving efficiently because a lot of people come into a personal come to me and they say, right, I want I I really need help getting into the gym routine but then they can't move effectively, they're limited mobility. So you actually have to spend quite a lot of time with them working on the extra little bits that they wouldn't have even thought about in the first place. And that's where I think a personal trainer can get somebody a lot of value is that we will see things that they, they're they not necessarily focused on because they could come to me and say, right, I want to, my the big three lifts, deadlift, squat and bench, I want to try and, you know, I want to improve those three lifts. And actually, it's not at all their training program. It's nothing to do with that. It could be some a way that they're moving that actually um, is hindering hindering their progress. So from my point of view, I, I've definitely tried to keep as much the same structure as possible and working on strengthening the body as much as possible, but making sure that they're moving efficiently uh, you know, so that they can reach their goals. Yeah, agreed. Because if, like you said, effective movement is what it's all about. Because you can obviously instruct them to move quicker or uh, lift heavier um, once you've got that base. Um, and I think that's you know that's why it's good to have an open discussion about what someone like a a personal trainer and a nutrition coach can do in person and online. And it depends obviously what the client's looking for. But like you said, you're almost employed to an extent to notice some of the things that they don't notice. Um, we had that chat obviously once you started filming yourself for some of your online content you were saying the same you watch it back and then you just pick up the odd cues and your mind as a coach and an analyst will start looking into that but obviously the person that's paying you to do that you know they might want to know it to an extent but that's what you're kind of there for to to filter through and then engage with them and say look this is what um, I've picked up and then this is where I think we need to go um, and I suppose you similar to me over like working in nutrition now for close to a decade and it's just the ability to have those conversations with clients when you think that they actually need to and then you can have have a chat break down some barriers and then move forward 
because we have these toolboxes, don't we, in our minds, these periodized plans, um, if that's movement or if that's nutrition. And we're always thinking forward. And then the client comes in and they're thinking where they are. And you're debating, like, which tool am I going to pull out now? And then you can kind of get into some of those stages. And then you get excited, I find, as a coach too. Mine's obviously now more full-time on, on the nutrition. But when you can start dispensing some of these and things are going well and momentum's happening, you can really start to see where you can take those people. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. No, it's fantastic, mate. It's fantastic. And um, yeah, I suppose if we just touch on that, how, how have you found doing doing the YouTube channel and starting to put together some content? I see you kind of had a little one of, um, was it, who was eating that ice cream? I saw the start of one video. There's like big ice cream <laughs> shot getting around because yeah, yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's popular. It's popular stuff at the moment, isn't it? And as, as a coach and growing an online presence, you know, I'm no way near saying that I'm decent at this marketing, social engagement, but have you had fun with it or do you think you need to do it like what's the story there so when i first started personal training i always thought you know what that that's not for me um i'm not i don't think i can do that i don't think i can put myself behind the camera and talk to the camera like uh, even probably like we're doing now that would uh you know that would probably get in my head a little bit but i think um over however long i've been doing it and that it's it's such a good tool um for reaching people and just connecting with people um i'm really i am really really enjoying it actually which uh i never thought i would i thought it would be sort of a not a chore but you know i thought you know it would be part of the job but actually once i started doing it i've started making a couple of vlogs um i've filmed loads of my workouts and put them on my youtube channel my instagram channel um i actually really enjoy it and taking a bit of time and making it look as good as it can do you know i'm by no means saying that i'm a camera specialist uh but it it's really quite uh it's quite rewarding when you sort of get the finished product and actually just chucking out workouts for people to give a go you know and i think people enjoy just seeing as a personal trainer a lot of my clients a lot of people that i work with they enjoy seeing me because they think you know i I just help and coach them and they enjoy actually I think seeing me every now and again struggling with a <laughs> struggling with a bit of weight and that's uh it's good to show them that you know we're human we're we do exactly the same processes as them um and I think they're most of them quite enjoy watching it to be fair <laughs> which is nice yeah agreed totally agreed like I try I keep generally the work I do I, I keep quite separate between what I'm doing on social media and stuff I've started to integrate it a little bit but then yeah if a few people I work with privately then follow the Instagram and see what I'm making for dinner um, which is a bit of fun I do it's um it is good because they see actually wait you know he's finishing work just like me having to cook from scratch like he's instructed um, and then you get little questions and things like that and then um, you know you can see what they're doing and to an extent I think it's you know it's a useful process so I think that's a brilliant point, actually, that you brought up, that your clients can then see you struggling and working through something and then having... Yeah, it's the same processes. That I'm, yeah. I'm going through the same processes as them, so it's nice for them just to go, oh, look, we're, we're the same. We are the, I know that he might have a, a greater knowledge around the subject, but we're the same. We're both doing the same thing every day. He's fin- As you say, he's finishing work and he's training, he's going to the gym, and then, you know, that's what that's what he's eating at home for yourself you know it's i think it's really good for them to just realize that we're all normal people we just uh we're all going through that same process 
Agreed, agreed, great. Mate, that's some really useful insights to start off with in terms of your coaching business, your background, and you know what what you're doing basically in the coalface on the gym floor. So if we can for a few minutes dovetail into this like performance analysis um, uh, role, it'd be great just to walk people through what that is you know the, the club if you can obviously talk a bit about that or how much you can talk about you know you just you just let me know um because i think if you know about the role and people have started to obviously notice the 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 players and things wearing these little uh, these little uh, devices um then it's then it's easy to understand but some people aren't actually aware of how much data is collected in sports like rugby now so it'll be brilliant to hear about that mate yeah um it was so once I, I did my um, when I was at, when I was at university, I was lucky enough. It was in my third year actually, and I was still, as I said at the start, uh, Matt. It was when I sort of went to uni to try and find what I wanted to do, and it was in my third year that finally this module popped up called performance analysis, and I thought, you know, this this is something I could do, you know, I really actually enjoy, and it's. It's basically where somebody will film a sport, a, a, a match, a, tra- a training session, um, you know, get up nice and close to scrums if you're looking at rugby or just general uh, general gameplay. And a lot of the job is then, you know, clipping up all the different parts for the players um, and then actually doing a load of statistics on what's been going on. So. If you look at a game, for example, I'd look at uh, I'd sit during a match and I'd live code the whole game. So if somebody passed, I'd click passed. It's quite an extensive process, but if somebody passed the ball, they'd pass it, and somebody would carry. I'd make a note of whether uh, it was a dominant contact. So if they made yards when they carried, if it was uh, if it was just on the game line, so it was um, a neutral, or if it was a negative. Um, then with that, I'd say, with, I mean, this is quite complicated on the rugby side of things, but if they moved on the ground, did they have positive ground movement or negative ground movement, i.e. rolling on the floor, um, whether the clean-out was effective uh, from each player, and then what the outcome was from that. So, And that was just one rack, and I was having to do that live during games, um, which was an amazing experience. But um, as I say, it was... Uh, it was, <laughs> it was definitely something that um i was interested in so it was one of those things where it was an unpaid internship to start which uh i think that you've been on the same map but um it was one of those ones where i got i finally got the i interviewed at uh london scottish and then i interviewed at london welsh and i didn't get the london scottish one they're both championship rugby clubs and uh but then i got the call from uh a chap at london welsh saying that i'd luckily managed to land the um and the internship and i was over the moon i was this was this was it like i thought oh my god this is going to be fantastic i've got my foot in the door because that's a lot of the time that's all you need to do is just get your foot in the door i thought this is me i'm in the door and this is what i'm going to do for the rest you know for the rest of my life this is going to be fantastic being uh 1920 i think i was um you know that was life set almost but uh and that was, and it was fantastic. Like when I worked there, it was absolutely brilliant. London Welsh is a, it's a, it's a massive club. Like history-wise, it's produced some of the best players for Wales. Um, you know, and it has until recently been 
knocking on the door of the Premiership in seasons, but it's always stayed, you know, around the Championship Premiership. Uh, and for me, that was an amazing, you know, I was over the moon to even land that. Mm. Yeah, it's interesting because, yeah, I've had a similar experience. I went in and did uh, two seasons, the first season similar to you, unpaid in terms of the nutrition side. So just supporting like the day-to-day supplementation and, you know, all the fun bits, the urine testing and things. And I was a similar mindset, mate. And if there are people listening to this who are still studying or graduates and things, um, back then I, I found that role on UK Sport and uh, I was doing a postgraduate at the time down in Bristol and similar to you, mate, I remember getting the call going down there and just thinking the same. Boom. You know, I wanted to work in sports nutrition full time. And, and this was it. And just whatever, you know, whatever they said, I jumped through. And uh, I remember even just having to like, they didn't even give me that much kit. I had to wash my kit every night. I think I had one pair of trackies and a T-shirt. One time yeah. I remember I had to go in in a vest because I didn't have anything clean. And the players ribbed me absolutely rid me but there's still a chap that I do work with uh, now um, in, in my own business and, and we work together around clients and stuff he's up north and I'm, I did make a very good connection there um, so and I loved it and I still do watch Worcester they're still very inconsistent but um, yeah. maybe it was an interesting time I'm think I'm sure it's changed now it's probably even more competitive and maybe they do you That's know they do pay people now but it was uh, yeah it's good to it's good to kind of have that chat because I, because uh, I finished when I finished uni, it was do I do a masters? Do I not do a masters? I thought I'll apply for a couple of internships. I'll see what happens, and then if I have to go and do the masters, I will go and I will go and get it done. And I in after because um, unfortunately I lost the internship because I was London Welsh as a club went to liquidation and went bust. Um, so a massive thing, you know, everyone everyone lost their jobs, the players lost their, a lot of players lost their careers there, which was a really sad thing to see. Um, but then, so then, you know, I went on to try and, I tried to interview at London Irish, I tried to interview at Newcastle, but I just didn't, this thing of, I mean, the head of analysis at Welsh, who was also the defence coach, uh, is a, has, like you made a good contact, he's a really good guy, um, he said, you know, they, the analysts out there are a bit, if you don't have a master's, you're probably not going to get to that top level. Mm. And in, it was it was sort of a, uh, it was a tough decision really because the salaries in rugby for something like that just aren't, if I, if, I, if I knew football and I could get into football as much as I know rugby, I think you'd be okay. The salaries, uh, as you can imagine, are inflated a little bit. Uh, Whereas in rugby, I'd be looking at spending another 10, you know, however much Masters is to be on not the greatest salary. So it was a difficult decision for me to come away from it. But I thought at the end of the day, I'm going to have to think I'd conk that sort of life goal on the head and go for something a bit more realistic, which was a shame. But it, looking back now, I'm really glad that I did it. Yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not an easy decision to make. And um, yeah, like you said, there's few and far between roles and often in my experience a lot of these people the the you know the guys that are working in these specialist roles they've been there for a while and they know they just stick in because they know they know they know there's not a huge amount on offer and like you said if you get to know the setup and you do a good job you know where where else do you need to go really and and they're obviously going to look after you once you're in so no it's interesting mate thanks for sharing that because i know I know it's something we discussed before the call and I just think for some listeners it's an important conversation to have 
because they are going through that kind of thing you know they've been studying they've they've kind of touched base with nutrition physiology um you know biochemistry psychology and then they're thinking where do I go do I go for a role in sport a role in performance which sport do I really like you're going to start applying for that you know we were both biased towards rugby um so yeah um but you know you've you've now you've built things up and and you you know you're working in the fitness industry you're working for yourself that's why I wanted to get you on because um we're just basically getting through every day aren't we when you're trying to do these things yourself and and, and build things but you're passionate about it you're you know driven coach putting out content so it's uh mate, it's brilliant to see and um yeah hopefully just keep keep moving through the 20s you know and just getting you know just 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 building things up and then who knows uh you know the youtube career could kick off as well and it could just be uh you know it could no i don't know well we'll see we'll see with that but mate if we if we stay on rugby a little bit because um you're you know you're, you're working um a bit with a, a rugby player at the moment so obviously um if we can talk a little bit about that but then i think in general this time of year people listening to this it's quite interesting because obviously the, the the seasons have been have, have have changed around obviously due to like pandemic and stuff so some players are going to have to make a quicker turnaround so maybe just from a coaching point of view it'd be quite interesting to listen to how how you've then put things together for for this client who usually has an extended pre-season so maybe a bit of off time and then into pre-season where you know probably adding conditioning adding a lot of volume um whereas whereas now it's changing because they'll probably have to go back into games earlier and you have to consider body composition recovery strength so there's a lot of moving parts there mate so uh, you don't have to give away all your secrets but it'd be interesting you know again in the cold face of it when you're sitting down with pen and paper um how how you're starting to put this together yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, actually. As I say, I'm working uh, with uh, Will Evans, who plays for Harlequins. Um, he's just he's a young lad, but he's breaking onto the scene, really. Um, and he's managed to have a really good season. He moved from Leicester last year, where he was getting a couple of starts. Um, but now this year, you know, he's really come into it. Um, and obviously, it's been a bit of a struggle with pandemic, but he's, you know, he's made the most of the situation he's got himself you know round about the first team and uh, he's starting most games now which is really really good for him and uh, I worked with him last year before he went to uh, before he went to pre-season and he won't mind me saying this but uh, you know his training side of things is he's told what he's, he's told what to do and if he uh, and if whatever he's told to do, he will do, which is brilliant from a coach's point of view. You know, you can then just get into the nitty gritty and uh, just work in quite nicely. But I think I worked with him for two, two or three months last year. And at Leicester, it was interesting because they tried to bulk him up quite a bit. He's uh, he's not the, he's not the biggest. He plays in the back row. He's number seven. Um, He's not the biggest in the world. He sits around 90 to 95 kilos. Uh, Leicester, I know when he was a bit younger, bulked him up to well over 100 kilos. Um, and it just wasn't right for him. Uh, he ended up losing most of his actual... He didn't then move very well around the pitch. He wasn't... Uh, personally, I don't think he was a, as effective, uh, you know 
because his game is very he's a classic seven where he likes to get over the ball he was just a bit slower around the pitch so he couldn't get into those rucks where he was usually really effective but since he's come to like since that transition he said to me I don't really know what Quinn's want they haven't given me they're yet to give me sort of a uh, definitive answer on how heavy I need to be anything like that so it was a case of nutrition wise we wanted to maintain his um we wanted to maintain his weight because he was around 95 kilos so we didn't want to we didn't want to put any weight on we didn't want to you know take too much away because we didn't want to put him at a disadvantage if he did go and they said right we need you to be 105 kilos and I'd accidentally stripped him down five kilos that's obviously we didn't want to be in that situation and vice versa if I bulked him up to 100 kilos and they said, right, we're actually going to need you to be 90 kilos. Uh, that could have been a pretty tricky situation. Yeah. But um, it was, a, as I say, we sort of worked through nutrition-wise. He's, uh, I mean, Leslie just gave him an abundance of protein. He had to eat protein, uh, a, a ridiculous amount of protein. For me, I sort of stripped that back a little bit. And uh, it was lucky because we were just... For me, it was working on the nutrition around his energy levels so that he didn't spike, that he didn't crash um, for any of his training sessions. He just wanted to maintain that level of energy so that he can uh, he can train effectively and recover effectively as well. Um, which was uh, it was interesting to work with really because nutrition wise, it is difficult. Even the top players don't really know what's what's going on on that front. You know, it's. A lot of them do. I'm not saying I'm not taking away from a lot of them that do, but some of them really still don't actually know what's going on with nutrition. They don't know what's put in their body, and they do need somebody there to actually put, you know, lay it out in front of them, as I'm sure you know, Matt. Uh, but training-wise, it was um, last year. I, as I say, I worked with him for quite a while. He did want to get stronger because he'd actually taken a bit of time off after coming away from Leicester. Um, he he definitely. Uh, He's strong, there's no doubt about that, but there's definitely room for improvement there, um, which, again, he won't mind me saying. But uh, So he actually worked a lot on big compound lifts, but it's difficult with rugby players because, as I say, they need to be mobile, they need to move well, they need to be able to get around the park. So with that, you need to work on their sort of... Uh, their explosive power, their... Um, you know, it's all about... It's all about getting the balance, I think. So mm. working with their working their strength, but supplementing that nicely with uh, some other stuff that's going to really improve their mobility and their power, so that they can be effective uh, when they are when they're used. So something I did with him, for example, back then was uh, if he ever did some conditioning, rugby players working about what they say at high intensity for about eight seconds during a game. So it was all about uh, strict time periods that he was working for. I started him up a little bit higher, um, you know, working for a little bit longer, and we just broke it down um, with quite not long rest periods. It was shorter rest periods, but it was trying to work around making it game specific. So I think a lot of people, if they're training for sport, they still don't train effectively. They train, they, you know, I, I did it as well, you know, for years when I was playing rugby, I thought I'd just go in the gym and hit chest and back and shoulders. And I realised I was just, I was hindering my own performance through doing that. So, um, you know, for Will, it was all about making it 
game specific and making sure that when he goes to Harlequins, he's definitely going to be in the best shape um, and the best condition that he can possibly be. Terrific, mate. Yeah, that's really interesting insights. I think the making it game specific, uh, timings of, of rest periods and movement periods, I think people that might not be on their radar. Um, and I completely agree because he didn't have something down on paper of, you know, we need you at a certain weight. Uh, maintenance is important and I think it's uh, it's not always easy that maintenance conversation especially if a player leaves a setup um, and then has a bit of downtime because as you know their expenditure will just be up and down unless they are really switched on to their own training period um, so mate I think that's I think that's a brilliant you know that's a brilliant insight to the case um, and yeah I agreed I think he is dynamic and it's uh, we won't go into too much of the rugby noise chat but I think that is it. It's it's finding that balance between what's the player good at, um, yeah. and do they just you know do they just need to be absolute lumps? And some people say yes, you know that's still important. You look at like the South African team, um, yeah. but then there are players within that who can who are specialists over the breakdown, especially like him, uh, the, the couple of lads at Wasps, all that. I think it's uh, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. It's interesting, and maybe you can get bulk in other places. Um, and that's good to hear. If anyone young listening to this playing rugby, someone at 95 kilos starting at seven in the Premiership, it's, it's good to hear that you don't have to be, you know, an absolute Goliath. You just have to be good at what you're good at. Um, just be effective. That's the, that's my main my main takeaway from that. If anybody is playing rugby, is train train specifically so you can be effective. Um, work think it's uh, take into account what your sport requires is the main thing whether that be different energy systems, whether that be how long you work for, whether that be different movements. You know, if you, if you are, if you're a cyclist, for example, you are working unilaterally a lot of the time. So that might be something that you want to incorporate into your training program. So it's something that uh, is really important to actually, if you want to be serious about it, break down your game, talk to somebody who can break down your game, so that uh, you know exactly what you need to do to get the best out of your body, so that when you do perform, you can be as effective as possible. Cracking, mate. I think that's a I think that's a brilliant message to finish on. So, if there's anything that we haven't covered in terms of what to follow, or if there's anything coming up with you, it'd be brilliant to let the the listeners know about it, mate. Uh, do you know what? Nothing really. I'm working again. I'm going back to work with Will um, on Friday. He's only got two weeks back, so it is. And that's going to be a break. So good on him for training. <laughs> but we are definitely going to, I'm not going to go anywhere near the levels that we were at before. So that I'll be putting some of that on my Instagram. Um, Great. Apart from that, it's all, you know, just keep just keep churning out those videos for, for everybody to have a little watch for. <laughs> Great. Great. Good. Oh, cool. Lovely people. Look, we'll put that in the show notes. So uh, the link to the YouTube channel, uh, the blog, the website, and George's Instagram um, I hope you found this kind of wide-ranging conversation really useful. So obviously we dug into a few things that we've got in common, but yeah, around some of the movement and training messages about just uh, making it specific. It's simple to say, but if if you know if you're in need of someone to to work with you and 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 do that and um, break down a few barriers, um, I am biased because I I did used to do some coaching in the past, but I think that's where the value of personal training still is. And of course you can log on to online classes you can buy some spin bike that they've that they've called a different name which has taken over the world 
you know and that's great you can sweat but i think there's there's value in a good young hungry motivated coach who's diligent so mate look thanks so much for your time um yeah it's brilliant mate and then yeah hopefully when i'm back in east anglia then i can maybe get get a session or something and i can come into the gym and you can you can get me back on a straight bar um so no that's awesome all right cool lovely people look we'll uh we'll speak to you soon as always if you like the episode please share it with someone follow george and speak to you soon